Hello and welcome to the MDS podcast, the official podcast channel from the International Movement Disorders Society. I'm Daniel DeLuca, Movement Disorders Fellow at Toronto Western Hospital, University of Toronto. I am also the co-chair of the MDS peer reviewing program, along with my colleagues, Dr. Kirby and Dr. Prasad. For today's episode, it's our pleasure to have Professor Morello. Professor Morello was born in Argentina and graduated from the School of Medicine in Buenos Aires University, where he later took his PhD degree. He completed an internal medicine residency at CIMIC and then neurology at Flenny, both in Buenos Aires. He was a research fellow in neurology at the National Hospital for Nervous Diseases, Queen Square, and research register in neurology at the Middlesex Hospital, both in London. Currently, he's the head of the movement disorder section at the Raul Carrea Institute for Neurological Research, Flenny, in Buenos Aires, and director of neuroscience of the same institute, and currently teaching at the University of Buenos Aires and as a professor of neurology at uh, UCA. He's also principal clinical researcher of the CONICET Argentina. Dr. Morello has also co-authored over 250 papers in leading peer-reviewed journals in the field, written more than 20 book chapters. He also wrote and co-edited six books. He was a member of the editorial board of Movement Disorders Journal and is currently co-editor-in-chief of Movement Disorders Clinical Practice Journal. Professor Morello, welcome to the MDS uh, Peer Review Podcast. Thank you very much for being here today. Thank you, Daniel. It's a, it's a pleasure to me to be here and participate in this uh, podcast. Thank you so much. We know as young members and trainees that doing our first peer reviews or when we get this invitation can be sometimes a little scary and we don't know where to start. Can you just tell us if you think trainees and junior members can play a role in the peer review process? And if so, how do you see them? I think to be a peer review is something that nobody teaches during the school or the residence and definitely need some formal education. But sometimes something that I see in my fellows, which is something natural, and the way that people evaluate on the rounds, the articles, when they present an argument, sometimes they quote papers where are anecdotic. Sometimes they quote papers that don't have proper evidence or are, are probably badly designed. So it's, it's important for mentors just to teach in daily practice, to identify good research from bad research. To be a reviewer is not to transmit to the editors that there are some mistakes in spelling, that some words are missing, or there are some problems in format. What we want to learn from the reviewers is their opinion. Is this worth? Is this valid? Is the hypothesis proved by the methods? Are the results coherent with the methods and were the authors able to discuss the results in a manner that will transmit to the readers. So this is what we expect from a good reviewer. And sometimes the best part of the revisions are not the ones that they transmit to the authors, but the ones they transmit to the editors mm -hmm. in the confident commentaries. I agree that minor things should be pointed out to the authors because receiving the reviewers' 
commentaries is always is very helpful. It's teaching. Mm-hmm. I have learned a lot of my career from the reviewers. I have learned a lot from the rejections. I say, wow, I haven't looked to that. Of course, something that we always ask for a review is to be polite. To be polite and to understand that what they are reading is a paper for a colleague that was made in good faith, that it took a lot of time from this person to prepare this work. And the work could be good, could be bad, but definitely it took a lot of work for the person who, who did it. So this author uh, deserves respect and deserves a proper evaluation. That's in general what we expect from a reviewer. Yeah, excellent points. And I think it's, it's extremely helpful to have your perspective on that. Now, can you comment your perspective on what is the incentive for someone to peer review and especially young trainees? It's an excellent point. I, I can tell you as an editor, every time it's more difficult to get good reviewers. Because you see, you are very busy in, in, your, in your clinic, you have your own research, you have your, in, your own interest. And one day you receive a paper that you need to read, you need to interpret, you need to go to, uh, to PubMed to, to check what they say, if you are not an expert on the field, and it takes a lot of time. And what do you have in compensation? Some people say nothing. I know there's a lot of people say nothing. I'm doing this for nothing. And this is not true. This is a great opportunity to read about your film. And even if the paper is not properly written, not properly supported or conducted, there's always something to learn. There's always something to learn. And currently, This is the only thing that we have in retribution to the reviewers. There is no economic compensation, but this is about keeping the film moving forward and to learn. But sometimes as editors, we receive some papers and we send to, I can tell you, and this happened in most journals, more than 15, we send more than 15 invitations for reviewers. So we sit together and said, 15 people who received this invitation declined to do it. Why? Because when they see the abstract, they see there is no learning point on this paper. Mm-hmm. So if the reviewers are not interested, probably the readers won't. Well, that's very interesting. Now, objectively, how do you think reviewers should summarize their comments and suggestions for you? Is there any specific way that you think it should be done? Go for the wider conceptualization of the paper. Sometimes the editors needs to three or four sentences uh, summary of the paper. Of course, we, the editors, read the paper, but this is interesting because sometimes when papers are badly written, and I'm not talking about the, the language, I'm talking about the, the way that mm-hmm. some people write, Maybe the reviewers didn't understand the paper. So first, we need to be sure that the reviewer understands the paper. Second, we expect a conceptual comment about the paper. This paper, this paper is new. This paper is scientifically sound. This paper is conceptually right. The methods are appropriate. The end of patients are appropriate. 
they use the appropriate statistic methods. The results are sound, are new, are confirmatory, and the authors really make a point on the discussion of the paper. So this is the first things that uh, we like to see from a reviewer. Then they say, okay, which are the major issues of this paper? Mm-hmm. And then they can put the major issues and, and the minor issues are really minor. Of course, we like to have this personal feeling about the paper in the personal commentaries to the editor. It's a great point that the structure remains the same and that's what you like to see, especially the confidential comments, which sometimes we we might forget to add quite a lot of details there. You know, I teach my uh, fellows on how to review a paper and they don't know I'm teaching them to do that <laughs> because every time they bring me a new paper, I say, okay, tell me what's, what's new in this paper, why this paper is important. Are you sure that the end that they have used it is appropriate? So it's not something separately. Yeah. It's a way that a young person interpret the literature. Because if you are not a good reviewer for yourself, when you go to PubMed or when you open MDCP, MDJ or, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you, you won't success in your research. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, as we're talking about equity quite a lot at MDS and diversity, we obviously have a huge part of MDS and MDS-PAS that comes from non-English speaking countries. And we're both non-native speakers and we know the challenges of writing in, in English and academic writing. Would you have any thoughts on or advice on how to review a paper, how to write your review as a non-English speaker? Yeah, I'm Argentinian. And I'm not a perfect English speaker. My co-editor is from India. He speaks a fantastic English. The former editor for MDJ was from Spain. So I don't think it's an issue. I don't think an issue. I think it's an issue about writing the paper because, you know, the language of the science is the English and the English is telegraphic. It's very precise. And I like our maybe... Spanish or Portuguese or, or Latin language were very flourish. Mm-hmm. And we need to avoid this kind of uh, way of writing in the scientific writing. But for a reviewer, it's not, it's not an issue. I would say that I wasn't preoccupied about receiving a reviewer when clearly I, I noticed that the reviewer is not an English speaker. In fact, a great proportion, a great proportion of our reviewers are not English speakers. That's great. So I think the take-home point is that uh, don't be scared of writing a review or reviewing a paper. Absolutely. And in your experience, do you have any common mistakes that you obviously see from trainees and that you think they're not aware on their first formal peer reviews? I think the lack of conceptualization of the paper. Mm. They go straight to the obvious things, <laughs> to the minor things. And what we expect from the reviewers is, I think you are an expert in this field. I need you to tell me whether this paper has been well conducted, has new results, and has something for my readers. Mm-hmm. That's what I need from the reviewers. Everything else is easy. Everyone can see the rest of the thing. But these okay. three things are the critical points that I were looking for. It's excellent. And finally, Would you have any advice to give to early career researchers or young members 
about being a peer reviewer, something that maybe you were not thought at uh, our stage that you would have liked to, to know with your expertise now? I would say that always accept invitations. Mm. Always. This is a learning point. This is very important. Write the editors, letting them know that you are interested in review papers in certain area of the field. This is very important. This is my name means, I don't know, John Smith. I'm very interested in review papers on Estonia. Please see some of my papers uh, or my Google Scholar just to see who I am. And we always take note, pass this name to the secretary and we put this person in the list of the reviewers. Yes, it's important. I mean, we need new blood within reviewers because otherwise we, the editors, create a bias, a bias in the evaluation because we know very well many reviewers and in advance we, we may predict this reviewer will say, no, this is not published. Oh, yes, yes, this is published. So we need not to enter in this uh, bias of reviewer selection. Uh, for that, we need new reviewers all the time. It's important that colleagues uh, start to recommend you when they publish a paper at you as a reviewer. That's fantastic. Thank you very much, Professor Morello. Today, we had the pleasure of talking to Professor Morello about the role of young trainees and young members in the peer review uh, process. Thank you all for listening. The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals, Movement Disorders and Movement Disorders Clinical Practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website.